I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Tilly's dressed today in a... <laughs> she's got dressed she's today. She's wearing clothes today. Yeah, You're wearing a patchwork skirt. And a stripy cute little top and some, I'd say, pink, off pink tights. The white? White. You're colourblind. I'm colourblind, yeah. I'd say they're a bit purpley. No? They're white. They're just white. But that's just the colour of my fetid skin underneath <laughs> the tights. today the view is so nice yeah out your window i live on the third floor guys you can see croydon <laughs> my you flatmate can literally see croydon. and you can it's a beautiful skyline the croydon skyline yeah, it looks good my flatmate who used to live here worked as a social worker in croydon and she used to come back and then look over at everything and be like why can i never get away dark yeah dark Lovely place. Mm. I don't think I've been. It's got good links to Brighton. If I'm ever going to Brighton, which was twice, mm. then I go to Croydon, which was twice. Yeah. Do you have mm. yellow eyeliner in this job mm. you're doing? We've still got some on. Mm. I don't really We're both filming at the moment. We're both booked. So Fully booked. Booked and blessed. Are you having so a nice time? I'm having the best time I think I've ever had. Wow, God, that's nice. Yeah, um, which is really nice. That's so nice. It's just lots of really talented people um, all being nice to each other and not being stressed. Well, obviously there's a bit of stress because making a TV show is stressful. It's not stressful in the way it, other jobs are stressful. Yeah, no, it's not. And everyone knows that. And is. Um, I sometimes get a bit of an out-of-body experience where I'm like, if an alien came now and we had to explain what we were doing... Yeah. And the fact we're all mm. taking it so seriously, you're mm. going to stand there and I'm going to film you doing a funny dance and then we're going to cut it up and put it on telly. It's weird, isn't it? Desperately so. Yeah. It's so weird. Mm. Why do we do it? Money. Fame. <laughs> glamour. <laughs> so I've got something to talk about in social situations. Oh, yeah. Being not- on the telly does get you out of some situation sometimes do you think yeah like what like um one time my landlord was pissed off at us about something but the next day i was going to be in doctor who so we just let it go i should use it more you don't need to though because you're naturally charming oh stop it you i have to do things like bring you flowers to make you still like me tilly bought me flowers today (laughs) i was like who are you cheating on me with (laughs) So Several pretty. people. <laughs> We've got to talk about David Cameron. No. 
I don't want to. So this is bitching. Every week we talk about a different person. And this week we're talking about David Cameron. And also we are usually in a studio. Do you think they can hear that washing machine? I don't know, but the reason it's so loud is because it's about to finish. Okay. So it'll start beeping in a minute. We'll let it go. Um, the reason that we're not in the studio is we've left it all to the last minute. Because we're booked and blessed. Booked. Fully booked. Um, so we're doing this on a Sunday. Also, so we're doing David Cameron today, and completely coincidentally, yesterday, yesterday's Today and Focus podcast on The Guardian was about David Cameron. We'd already decided we were doing him. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, God, that's so spooky. And then I remembered the reason we're doing him is because he's in the news at the moment. Because mm. of his book. Desperately trying to stay relevant <laughs> slash please don't let them hate me as much as everyone hates Tony Blair. Let me get this book out to try and reframe the narrative of my monumental fuck-up. So what we should do is no one should buy his book. I wasn't planning on it anyway. I know, but a lot of people I've want... I've got about ten books to read. I don't need to be adding Tory politicians' biographies into the mix. But I, there is a level of fascination of, like, you know... He's slagging lots of people off in it, isn't he? Like Dove and Johnson. You know how he bought that shed? Yeah, to yeah. write his book in? Yeah, very If expensive. you were publicly disgraced, what would you buy? That's a great question. I'd buy a hot tub. Oh, nice. I'd just move home. Yeah, I was going to say you'd need a house to put it in. Or a well, I'd just, I'd just move home with my parents after my scandal, whatever it had been. Um, I, I would to. buy... Um, a deep fat fryer. They're quite cheap, you know. You can get one on Amazon for like 25 quid. Oh, I'd still buy one though. You could buy one right now. You could stretch to one right now. I think I've got one, you know, actually. (laughs) For fuck's sake. (laughs) I'm going to get up his wiki. Okay. But really, what would you do if you were at the centre of a public scandal? Not like when you bought those balloons, but like a proper public scandal. Um... It depends what it is. I think if I was David Cameron, mm. I would now dedicate my life to repairing the damage that I'd caused. And I would <coughs> apologise yeah. unreservedly. And I would create a committee of people a lot smarter than me who knew how to... I don't just mean in terms of not leaving the EU, because obviously that's more complicated because democratically people voted for it. But in mm. terms of like unifying the country... And countering all of the deep-rooted lies that still exist because of the Leave campaign. Well, he's a Tory. He doesn't care about lies, does he? No, but you said, what would I do? That's what. But if it was a scandal like <coughs> I've... You fucked David Cameron. Yeah, then I'd just... I'd probably sell my story to <laughs> Heat magazine and yeah. go on holiday. Live off the profits. Yeah. What would you do? Get a hot tub. And you just sit in your hot tub and have a nice time. Yeah. I mean, it depends what I'd done. I think it's actually something I would find really, you know, I know, duh, but I think public shaming is something I'd find really, I just couldn't live with myself if I was D.C. Yeah, but what's interesting is that he can live with himself and he's fine. What's that about? Is there something in the Tory DNA that makes them more resilient to shame? It's upbringing, isn't it? It's Mm. genuine... We all do it. We all write our own narratives to justify things to ourselves and it's really hard to admit that Mm. you've done something wrong because then you have to live with yourself. Humans aren't very good at empathy. Like, And I've been thinking... This podcast has made me realise it more, which is that 
there can't just be this many people that are inherently evil. It must be a fault in our evolution and our brain where we can't really comprehend more than 12 people who we know. Mm-hmm. And so then, if those 12 people that you know all have loads of money and are fine and aren't in any way affected by any of the policies that you do, then it's all really theoretical, isn't it? And the decisions that you're making are theoretical. Because that's the thing, David Cameron, I feel like actually Brexit's been a really brilliant distraction from the fact he is the person responsible for austerity, Mm -hmm. the austerity that we're living through. Like, that is him. But Brexit's meant that that's the thing we're talking about. There was a podcast I was listening to the other day about facial recognition and how you'd think evolutionary, we're really good at understanding how people are feeling and it's something we are so bad at. Apparently we can't actually read faces as well as we think. because Well, some people... But also, apparently, it's because only a percentage of us actually <clears throat> respond facially in the way that we expect. Like, they smile when they're happy, and they frown when they're sad, mm. and they throw their brow when they're confused. Like, most people's faces don't actually respond in the way that classically you'd expect, which made mm. me think maybe actors are a bit also responsible for that, because we, like, perpetuate the norm of how you expect someone to look when they feel a certain way, and then actually loads of people just look like this <laughs> all the time. Give yeah. me some bad news. I just, uh, well, I'm going to jump out that window and I'll never see you again. <laughs> she just started laughing. Great. <laughs> I just read a book about empathy, actually. I don't know if I talked about it last week. don't think so. It's called Zero Degrees of Empathy. Is it good? It is. It's very depressing. Um, it's just about different ways in which empathy works, in, the empathy circuit works in our brains. And uh, that people who do bad things, there is uh, a fault in the empathy circuit. And that's kind of the, you know, but there's lots of different parts that make up that circuit. There's lots of different genes and bits in your brain. and. Mm. But most people you meet, like mm. face to face, treat you really nicely, are kind, have empathy. Like if you fall over, they'll go, oh my God, and they'll help you up. Like even, to- I know a Tory, and sometimes they'll go around his house for dinner. And he always, like, makes me hummus because he knows I like hummus. And he puts on a spread and I'm like, dude... He's trying to fuck you. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, they've always got an ulterior oh. motive. I'm not a Tory and I've always got an ulterior motive, so I can't imagine what's going on in their brains. I think he's just nice. Yeah. Like, to me, because I'm immediately in front of him, but then he thinks immigration is bad. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, most... Because Tories that you meet are often very pleasant and will bake for you. But then, so it's not like there's empathy missing in terms of what's immediately in front of them. It's just, I feel like we can only have empathy with what we've actually seen firsthand. Yeah. And if they've not actually ever experienced what it's like to not have any money in your bank account. I would disagree with that, though, actually. Would you? Yeah. Go on. I think you can have empathy if you work at it and you think about other people's lives other than your own. Mm. And you're also prepared to admit mistakes you've made in your past or judgments that you've made in your past were wrong or inconsiderate like what's his name the guy the canadian oh but i mean i don't think that's the same thing as doing blackface four times (laughs) (laughs) but he's deeply sorry (laughs) yeah he's deeply sorry for doing blackface like 84 times (laughs) like over the age like what what the fuck like, t- like when, like fif- 10, 15 years ago, it's it was great. still racist then. Yeah, it's not good, is it? Right, David Cameron, I'm going to read out his wiki. Okay. I wish I was dead. <laughs> 
Why have we picked him? Oh, you picked him. I don't. didn't have the strength to argue with you. Should we go on holiday? David William Donald Cameron, born the 9th of October 1966, which makes... 666, the devil's number! <laughs> which makes him 52. Oh, good it's, for him, it's a prick. He's a British politician Fucking who served Arthur. as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom from 2010 to 2016. He was a member of Parliament for Whitney. Have you ever been to Whitney? It is so nice. <laughs> From 2001 to 2016, and leader of the Conservative Party from 2005 to 2016. He identifies as a one-nation Conservative Boros, and has been associated with both economically liberal and socially liberal policies. Within the context of the Conservative Party. He's not. He's not. He's a mask of liberalism, and underneath it, he's the most right-wing... You know they keep talking about how we've got the most right-wing cabinet at the moment? No, Mm -hmm. it was David Cameron. It was him. He was it. He pretended that he was hugger-hoodie. Oh, I like gay rights. And then he literally... (laughs) I've got a bike. He's the... He's the... He is responsible... Oh, he's pure evil, yeah. For all the cuts to disabled people, for local councils being cut by, what was it, like, six billion... I might have made that number up. Shall I fact check it? I wrote it down. Fact check. Fact check. Fact check. Gove's the godfather of his children. But now That's all you need to know. They've fallen out now. They've fallen they? out. That's um, the thing. Local councils were cut by 60%. Their budgets were cut by 60% and 25% of the overall budget was cut. And now Boris Johnson's going, hey, it's all cool again. Let's... I'm going to put all those police officers back on the street. Yeah, but what about all the cuts that already happened? So what What was the purpose of that? There was no purpose! To kill the poor. Indeed. Matey, matey moo. And then as well, like, yeah. At the moment, why is he doing a book tour? It's so weird. Yeah, it's so crass, isn't it? It's so bad. It's like Brexit hasn't even happened yet and you're doing a book tour. It's so embarrassing. Because when Brexit does happen, hopefully we'll never have to hear from him ever again. I think that he'll find a way. It's such arrogance. It's such public schoolboy arrogance. Because when he was running for... I found these like videos of when he was first running for Conservative leader. Mm. And he was really young and he'd not even been in the shadow cabinet, let alone like... Mm. He just was very a very rogue choice. But he had the kind of walk and the talk of somebody who like was going to sort stuff out and knew the what they were doing there, yeah. and was going to bring the Conservative Party more centre. And it's just complete... It just, I think, sums up like everything. The reason politics is slightly falling apart at the moment is it's all about the theatre of it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's always been the theatre. He represents that, doesn't he, of being... Because like, who's the best actor? Yeah. Like, Tony Blair is an, an amazing actor. Sociopath. Yeah. Even now, like, you watch interviews with Tony Blair... There's not even a glimmer of Oops, guilt. Oh, murdered all those people. Yeah. Whoopsie daisy. And even when he's like confronted with it, like when he's talking about Brexit, someone, I can't remember who the interviewer was like, oh, well, you know, people don't really want to listen to you because of all the war you did. And he's like, that may be the case. But. And yeah, he's, he's not bothered. He's not bothered. No. He's not arsed. Or if he is, he's, in, he's amazing at not sharing There must be a it. small part of you. Imagine genuinely people have died because of a decision you made. Could how I couldn't 
live with myself. You no. can be able, but you must have to just. I can barely live with the things that I've done where I've like upset someone or been yeah. selfish. I or... copied and pasted an email the other day, and the font was really clear that I'd copied and pasted it, so it was like to another person, but clearly I'd already sent that email to someone else. Yeah. And then I pressed send, and I was like, oh my god, it was really obvious that was copied and pasted, and I've just been thinking about it ever since. Yeah, there's a real difference, I feel, between the mistakes I've made in my life and the mistakes that Helen's made. So I'm not going to grace you with one of my mistakes right now because, um, let's be honest, Helen's stuff is, is real toy town shit and mine's a bit more... Go on, grace us with one. No, I'm okay, thanks. I can be a really deeply selfish, horrible person. That's not but true. But I can, I can be. But I know that about myself and so you're not. I'm really sad whenever I do let myself down or do something that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have said that. You're a good person. Um, but if I killed someone, even on accident, I don't know that I could live with myself. I think I'd probably drink myself to death. I'm worried someone listening might have accidentally killed someone. My auntie accidentally ran over someone. They're okay now. It was, it was bad. Oh, it was so bad. She got in the car and someone was walking in front of the car and she just turned the engine on but forgot it was in gear and it just jerked forward, hit them and they went into like a coma for about six months. It was bad. But they're now okay. Yeah, it's easy to... So if you are out there and you've done something by accident, it's okay, guys. Yeah, it's alright. We all make mistakes. Admittedly, I've never killed anyone, but... I really worry that I might, though. Why? Cause you feel bad about fonts. <laughs> You're not capable of killing anyone. <laughs> you don't know that. That's I so... do. I do know that about you. Really? Yeah. Aww. I think I'm capable of killing someone. No. I think I would be. Oh my god, I am. Are you about to tell me that you've killed someone? Are you about to tell me that you've forgotten that you've murdered someone? <laughs> no. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> what is it? Just tell me what it is. No, it's not. I it's can't not. bear it when you get that look on your face. No. You're about to tell me something. No, I just really talked myself into messing someone up once. I didn't do it, though. But I really nearly did. I bet they really deserved it. What did they do? They were the devil. They were just a abusive, violent, horrible boyfriend to one of my friends. Okay, and yeah. I suddenly thought, oh wow, actually the world would be better off if that person died. Yeah. And I'm the person who's going to sort that out for yeah. everyone. Yeah. And then I thought, actually no, that's not the solution. I'd inject an air bubble into their vein, in the armpit. Is that a way of killing someone? Yeah. Did you actually research that at the yeah. time? So wow. you, they die, and then it's not traceable. They just drop dead. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't put that out because that's like giving people ideas. Yeah, we'll beef it out. <laughs> Do your own Googling on how you want to murder people. Just watch CSI, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so many tips. so many people who maybe won't ever get their comeuppance mm. because you know they've done bad things but you can't prove it. So there's so many rapists in this business that we know about and we know that they're rapists but we can't do anything. Yeah. All we can do is tell other people that they're, rap they're rapists. Which does kind of have an impact. Mm. Reputation's a good way of... And that's the thing about David Cameron I guess is his reputation... No, actually he's fine, isn't he? He's alright. He's, He's got, got away out. with it, yeah. And, and a shed. What do you think of Sam Cam? 
And what what am I meant to think about her? Handmaiden of the Conservative Party. What am I meant to think about her? Oh, she's got a dolphin tattooed on her ankle, isn't Does she? she? Nice. <laughs> My old housemate used to work with her. Did she? Yeah. It was a company that made clothes. She's a businesswoman. Yeah, I think she works for a fashion company. Smithson, I think is the name of her. I can't put this in, but apparently she... I wish we could put that in. I know. Uh, Do you remember Big Society? That was his thing. Like, remember when that was politics and we were all laughing because Big Society was a terrible idea? Yeah. And to be fair, they then did stop... Like, that was their main kind of party policy. And because of kind of the public reaction to it, it was a bit of an embarrassment and they stopped calling it Big Mm. Society. Because that's his whole thing, isn't it? The idea that... If people but, just work a bit harder. Yeah, but what even was that? Was it like a kind of like blitz spirit? Hey, I know we haven't got any money, but if you can all like yeah. pick up the slack yeah. that we're doing. Yeah. Pick up the slack on the, you know, the fact that we're not giving anyone any money. Yeah. It's like, what do you want people to do? Well, the irony is Big Society does now exist because he sort of forces it through with austerity. Mm. The amount of kind of startups and charities and local community actions that happen now mm. that I think didn't necessarily exist before 2010 as a result of people will always find a way of supporting each other mm. when times get really difficult and will just try and fill the gap that kind of big government leaves. His whole thing was about rolling back government responsibility. Like mm-hmm. He openly said that. But look, he's moderate. He's a liberal kind of guy. His wife's got a dolphin tattooed on her ankle. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, they're just really normal. Normal, normal. What are they up to? Whitney, man. Do they live there? I don't know. It's Apparently so they nice. have a house in a place called Chipping Norton. Oh, I've heard of that. They are part of the Chipping Norton set, which refers to a group of media, political and show business acquaintances who have homes around, but not in, the market town of Chipping Norton in Oxfordshire, England. Chipping Norton is located approximately 75 miles from London. Members of the Chipping Norton set regularly met socially, but the group gained notoriety in the wake of the News International phone hacking scandal, which directly involved members of the group. Ooh. Notable meetings of the group have included Rebecca and Charlie Brooks's <gasps> wedding reception near Chipping Norton, Ooh. a 2010 Christmas Rebecca, dinner at the Brooks's. Rebecca Brooks was the editor of News of the World. Yeah. 
So are they mates? They're mates! I just remembered they're mates. Because also David Cameron was really pally with all of the kind of news international lot. So the Murdoch Empire who own most of the British press. It was, there was a sort of turning point where it's kind of what I think won him the election really. David Cameron being mates with Rebecca Brooks mm. and them all working together. Elizabeth Murdoch. Yeah. Is part of the Chipping Norton set. CEO of uh, Shine Limited, daughter of Rupert Murdoch. They're all mates. Yeah. They're all mates. They're all mates. That's the thing. They're just all mates. They're just all mates like wear mates. And like I'd be like, hey, Helen, come do this job with me. Or hey, Helen, I'm doing this meeting. Come with me. And I think that can sometimes be nice if your mates are well-intentioned. If I was running for Prime Minister and you were Rebecca Brooks, I'd so ask you to do lots of features mm. with me. And you'd do it, I reckon. Yeah, I would. Big Where the problem. Where the problem. But that's empathy, isn't it? That's liking people that you already know. Mm. Human nature to support your mates mm. who are all in the same club. Club. The club. I don't know how you avoid that, really. Mm. Human bias. Do you think it's fit? No. Okay, <laughs> wow. No, I don't either. I just think he looks like, you know... Someone that you could settle down with if he wasn't inherently evil. Yeah, I guess that's... He looks good in a fleece. You can imagine going on like a long country walk with him. Do you know what I mean? Getting some mulled wine. How tall is he? I don't know. Alright, I'll Google how tall he is. So he was in the Bullingdon Club um, when he was at... pig. Oxford, yeah. Fucked pig. Put his willy in a pig's mouth. And he doesn't even admit it in the book. If he admitted it in the book, I'd say, do you know what? Good luck to you. That would be what my whole book was about. He's taller than Boris Johnson. Is he tall? What? Right. Okay. What? What are meters? Um. David Cameron, six foot one. Whoa! I thought he was five foot. Nothing. You heard it here first, guys. The worst thing I think that David Cameron did was his Munich speech. In what was that? So he had this kind of image that he was a moderate, that he was you know pro gay rights. Mm that it was about bringing the Conservative Party more to the centre. And then he did this Munich speech that said multiculturalism has failed. Oh, I remember that. That people who are immigrating aren't integrating properly. And, like, there was this huge shift in our policy towards, like, anti-terror. Yeah. Um, off the back of him suddenly. Saida Warsi says it about... Um, when And she kind of puts it down to Michael Gove, but she thinks that Michael Gove radicalised... Um, David Cameron really? in terms of his rhetoric suddenly being incredibly like heavy handed and I mean racist I think but yeah there was, was, she, was she a Tory fear? she was in the cabinet right. with when David Cameron was there and she left off of the back of thinking that it was all really Islamophobic she mm. said the things that she heard in some of those cabinet meetings were just horrific and now she's uh, yeah now she's in the Lords I think David Cameron put her in the Lords but she, like her main thing is Michael Gove, but she does also think that David Cameron, that speech was such a huge turning point in terms of the Conservative stance on mm. um, immigration. Should I look up what he said? Yeah, go on. Oh, well, actually, to be fair to him, we have got to get to the root of the problem. We need to be absolutely clear on where the origins of where these terrorist attacks lie. That is the existence of an ideology, Islamist extremism. I think it's also got something to do with all those fucking wars, mate, but okay. <laughs> Um, 
uh, we should be equally clear what we mean by this term and we must distinguish it from Islam. Islam is a religion observed peacefully and devoutly by over a billion people. Islamist extremism is a political ideology supported by a minority. Oh, okay, here we go. Here we go, this isn't good. There are practical things that we can do as well. That includes making sure that immigrants speak the language of their new home. Fuck off. Absolutely fuck off. Actually. Do you remember when he introduced those free English lessons to Muslim women? He had this policy that was really got so much backlash. Let me find it, where he... And everyone was like, this is incredibly patronising, but also making a kind of assumption about people. And it's also like this double standard of like British people, it's fine for us to go and have like, to go and like retire to France or Spain or wherever and not speak French or Spanish, but it's not okay for people to come and, and live here. It's so... Yeah, which is so this pretty guy, transparent, isn't it? Yeah, this Guardian article, David Cameron has been accused of stigmatising Muslim women after he announced plans to help them learn English and warned that migrant spouses who fail language tests may have to leave the UK. Oh, God, that's so bad. The Prime Minister suggested the language classes for Muslim women could help stop radicalisation. Cameron said £20 million of funding would be provided um, for classes for all women struggling with English, but he highlighted... 38,000 Muslim women who could not speak the language and 190,000 with limited skills in it. There would also be a new regime, meaning those on a five-year spousal visa would have to pass language tests after two and a half years in the country or face having to leave. He says he's not blaming those who cannot speak English. Some of these people have come from quite patriarchal societies and perhaps the men folk haven't wanted them to speak English. The men folk? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Oh, look, Saeeda Wazi, Tory Peer, says, she said, evidence suggests gang culture, Islamophobia, and response to foreign policy are greater drivers of radicalisation than failure to learn English. It, it's all politically motivated, because if you think of the time that this was, when there'd been an increase in attacks, yeah. and needing to kind of find justification for it that wasn't government policy, mm. and also needing to look like they were doing something. Yeah. There was a lot of pressure, um, and obviously the easiest people to blame, blame yeah. are women who can't speak English. It's always mums, isn't it? Why yeah. is that? Whenever it's gang culture, it's always, oh, the fault is that all these single-parent families, it's always this idea that it's like these mothers who aren't doing a good enough job raising their children. When usually it's the mothers who are doing everything they can and it's the fault of society at large that's not stepping in to cover those places where people fall through the cracks. Yeah. All around me are familiar faces. You said you'd never sing again on the podcast. Because it's cringy and embarrassing. for the daily races. Daily races. I find it really weird. I find it kind of <laughs> funny. I find it kind of sad. I can't imagine being... I'm depressed today. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I can't imagine being um, best mates with Boris Johnson and Michael Gove. And then your friendship is kind of based on the political world that you're within and then they betray you so massively. Yeah. Do you think he cried? Yeah. Do you? Oh my god, no. Do you remember when he um, resigned as Prime Minister and he didn't realise his mic was still <laughs> on? And he went, doopie doopie doo. <laughs> oh my god, can we find this? I think actually David Cameron is very similar to what you'd be like if you were a Tory. <laughs> doopie 
doopy doo do What sort of Tory would I be if I was a Tory? Who would I be? You'd be Jacob Rees Mogg. Because <gasps> <laughs> I'm kind of Victorian y. Yeah. And like weirdly, like sexually repressed, but, but, slash kind of weirdly authoritarian sometimes. <laughs> Look, I'm not slash saying anything. deeply fucked up. Okay. Well, that was David Cameron. I'm really sad. I need to take some paracetamol. Have you got any? I've got loads. Okay, great. You're talking to a migraine sufferer? Yeah. I'm thinking about getting some um, of that weed oil. CBD oil? Yeah. Apparently it's supposed to be really good for migraines. Yeah, I've tried it. It's good. My friend Charlie uses it for her chronic pain. It's good. Does it work? I think so. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sexy noise. Ooh. Look, I don't feel like we did D- DC justice. We didn't, really. Um, go Google him. Oh, I know what you should do. What? You should go and listen to the Today in Focus podcast on the Guardian app. Guys, it's so good. Why are you listening to this? Anusha I don't know so why you are. I love her so much. She's so good. And um, what they do, it's actually great. What I didn't realise is David Cameron used to write blogs for The Guardian. Did he? Yeah. And what? They, yeah. When the he Guardian? Was, yeah, for The Guardian. They're all kind of a bit light, light, like, you know, frothy. And some are a bit rude. Um, and apparently they're quite entertaining, so go have a read. All around me are familiar faces, worn-out places, worn-out places. That was Christmas number one. I know. What How a depressing, depressing. awful, so bad. Terrible. No wonder we're in the situation we're in right now. We're we just... love death and darkness and sadness. We do. No one knew me. No, no one, one knew me. me. Okay, see you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Bitchin', a podcast by Tilly Steele and Helen Monks. Our music was by Dave Cripp and our artwork was by Luke W. Robson. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family.